HR. Hugh Hewitt believes we might actually get the truth. A special master was appointed by Judge Cannon in Florida. I'm very pleased with this. It doesn't mean the president wins. Former President Trump wins. It doesn't mean that he loses. Yeah, it's the only way that he could have ever gotten, and we as the public could ever receive, a fair and unbiased and trustworthy assessment of whether or not that raid was legit. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 6, right before Bob Fratz at 9, on AM 1420. The Answer. And Odyssey. The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420, The Answer, or Salem Media Group. Our giveaways during this broadcast are the responsibilities of the host and or producers of the programs conducted in the contest. All programs are subject to contestant giveaway rules and responsibilities mandated both by the FCC and by AM 1420, The Answer. morning everybody how do you do welcome to the irish show on whk am 1420 my name is jerry quinn and i'm delighted to be with you on this rainy morning here in cleveland ohio our program is brought to you by chambers funeral homes gandalf's Pubbin restaurant in valley city golf tech joyce buick gmc o'neill healthcare pj mcintyre's irish pub and restaurant Vince's Barbershop at 18324 Lakeshore Boulevard. The Western Reserve Insurance Group. All of these good folks bringing you the Irish show this morning on WHK AM 1420 and on the internet at whkradio.com. Stay with us now. We're going to be here until 12 o'clock today. Don't go away. Good morning there, JC and Eddie. Welcome to the Good program. Morning. It's, uh, it's September, morning, you can Quinn. tell. It's raining outside. So uh, I guess we're in autumn just about, right? Well, if after Labor Day, it turns autumn. All not right. Big some, some of the leaves are turning uh, Not until the end of September. The summer is supposed to go away, but it's, yeah. it's gone. But one thing for sure, every one of us remembers where we were at this time. 21 9/11. years ago. Yeah. Oh, today. yeah. 9-11, right? right? We all remember. Mm. It's, uh, it's just like the day that John F. Kennedy, like the day that John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Yeah. Everybody yeah. remembers where they were. 
9-11, of course, all the radio radio programs. I, I would venture to say maybe even not just in America, but in around the world, it's probably highlighting this. And, of course, the Queen, Queen Elizabeth passing also. So there's two huge, huge news stories going on at the same time. And speaking of news, we have a, a guest coming in at 11 o'clock. Her name is Helen Fogarty. She's a, a BBC on-air uh, they refer to them as presenters over there in, in BBC Liverpool. So she's going to be joining us at 11 o'clock. We're going to be talking to her. And she is the grandniece of the great, the late uh, Manus Conway. Oh, oh, that's incredible. So I think Bridgie oh. is going to bring her in. So we're going to have a great chat with her. Uh, again, though, I think we should um, make sure we honor all of the heroes of 9-11. It's just... Uh, brings back so much memories to all of us. But it's, you know what's really peculiar when I, th I think about it? All of these kids that are 20 years old now, they were not there. Yeah. You and right. I, we were there. And they don't, maybe they don't realize the full impact that it had on this country. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, a tremendous number of things changed after that uh, that never went back. Travel. Uh, you, you just going through airports... The what, nation no. went quiet. What a change! Yeah. What a change! Did when JFK was in, yes, same, same type of thing. But it really, yes. but really, I want to read this to you. This I just found this and I saved it from uh, 21 years ago. It was written in the Irish Times, and it was written by um, a reporter for the Irish Times named Kevin Myers, and I think it's uh, it's really it's really something to remember. He wrote the following. Do you remember the names Todd Beamer, Jeremy Glick, Mark Bingham, Thomas Burnett, and Louis Naki? They were on Flight 93. Those were the men who are believed to have overpowered the hijackers of the airline after phoning their loved ones to say that what they were going to do. Perhaps not being able to bear talking to his pregnant wife, Lisa, at home with their sons, David, three, and Andrew, one. Todd Beamer was 32 years old. Instead, phoned an operator to tell her his intentions. He said, I know I'm not going to get out of this. Together, they then recited the 23rd Psalm. Though I walk in the shadow of death, I fear not with you at my side. He asked the operator to phone Lisa, tell her I love her and the boys. And then he said, let's roll. As he and his colleagues stormed the hijackers, knowing they're going to their doom. And so that doom they duly went, and to that doom they duly went, taking their murderers with them, but thereby saving God alone, God knows how many people in the intended target of Congress and Capitol Hill. When young boys ask, ask what core value they should aspire to as adults, their parents can say, duty. And they can point to the extravagant examples of Todd Beamer, Jeremy Glick, Mark Bingham, Thomas Burnett, and Louis Naki. They did their duty to the land they loved, and God knows that land was blessed to have such sons. Sons who unhesitating sacrifice their lives for freedom, for democracy, and for uncountable hundreds of strangers far away. 
In other words, yes. these were real men. That's a lovely piece. It is. Uh, absolutely uh, it's lovely. It's written by yeah. Kevin Myers. I didn't write it, but it's, it's part of a, a much larger article, which I, oh, yeah. I didn't want to get into. It's 10 minutes past 10 here on the Irish Show on WHK AM 1420. I think it's appropriate that we start the program today with this, Frank Patterson singing God Bless America. Amen. When the storm clouds gather Far across the sea Let us swear allegiance To a land that's free Let us all be grateful For a land so fair As we raise our voices In a solemn prayer God bless America Beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above, from the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with There we go. There's Frank Patterson, the great Frank Patterson here on the Irish Show on WHK AM 1420. We're going to, as I said earlier, we're going to be speaking with um, with Helen Fogarty a little later, later on in the program. But I want to play this right now. I just got it actually this morning from Dublin, and it's from Deirdre Masterson. Deirdre Masterson was one of the three Irish sopranos that played at Severance Hall a few years ago, and she's a new... A new single out just came out a couple of days ago. She sent it to me, so I'm happy to play it this morning. It's brand new. I don't even know if it's been played anywhere in America. And I got it right up here, front and center, from Deirdre Masterson, one of the three Irish sopranos. You may remember they were at the Irish Cultural Festival several times. They played at Severance Hall. We had a great concert for them there. So here's Deirdre with her new single, and it's called Dreamer.
There she is, the lovely, beautiful, talented Deirdre Masterson. We knew her as one of the trio of the Irish Sopranos that came to Cleveland, played Severance Hall, and was a huge, smashing success. Love to have those ladies back again. But anyway, we're playing tribute to all our heroes of 2001 when uh, police and firefighter first responders all ran back into the towers as everybody else was running out. Here's, uh, here's a great song. It's called The Bravest. Listen to it. you got to listen to the words to this now. The first plane hit the North Tower Right after I came in It left a gaping fiery hole Where officers had been we stood and watched in horror As we saw the first one fall Then someone yelled Get out, get out You're trying to kill us all I grabbed the pictures from my desk And joined the fight to live with every step I called the names of my husband and my kids And then we heard them coming up from several floors below A crowd of New York's bravest with their heavy gear in tow Now every time I try to sleep I'm haunted by the sound of firemen pounding up the stairs while we were running down. When we met them on the stairs, they said we were too slow. Get out, get out, they yelled at us. The whole thing's gonna go. Sent us down to safety 
So now, I was just going to announce the name of the author of that song. He's a well-known songwriter, and I know who it is, but for some reason or other, I've gone brain dead all of a sudden. That often happens to us us guys in radio. And we're going to be talking with Helen shortly uh, about what's going on in England, of course, with the death of the Queen. But I I just want to get a few songs in first and some... um, some jigs and reels. We have a lot of people listening to our program. Uh, I would say the majority love traditional music. Uh, who's the, what's the name of that guy, Colleen? So, Jerry, the bravest 9-11 song written by Tom Paxton. Tom Performed. Paxton. Yes, That's right. the man. Yes. That's mm-hmm. famous. How did I forget that? But anyway, let's go traditionally here for a few, minu- for a few minutes, and then I'm, go- I'm going to talk to Helen. She's, we have a lot to talk about. It just so happens that the Queen passed away at this time, and uh, I got a, an English an English woman born and raised in England, but with roots in Ballycroy in County Mayo. Rose Conway is in the studio with us. Great to see Rose and her mother, Bridgie. We'll get them on in a little while. But right now, here's a fellow named Dennis Carey, and this is a lovely, lovely piece of traditional music. Thank you. 
That's a fellow named Dennis Carey, and he comes from the county of Clare. I met him in New York a few years ago, and he gave me that CD, actually. And um, I've used it quite often here on the program through the years. It's 1028 here on the Irish Show on WHKAM 1420. We're going to be talking to Helen shortly, but right now I better pay some bills here. So, if, if I can find them. Oh, here they are. All right, this message from our good friends at O'Neill Healthcare. Here's John O'Neill. When locating the right care for your elderly mom or dad, look no further. O'Neill Healthcare has been providing outstanding elder care on Cleveland's west side for more than 50 years. Whether needing assisted living, memory support, independent living, skilled nursing, hospice care, dialysis, or rehabilitative therapies, we are here for you. Our team of physicians, nurses, and therapists deliver personalized care with compassion and quality at the forefront. You have peace of mind knowing they are with extraordinary people who provide exceptional care. O'Neill Healthcare is always improving the care of older adults and is the trusted choice for your loved ones. For more information about O'Neill Healthcare or to schedule a tour at one of our five facilities, please contact us four four zero eight zero eight five five zero zero or visit us online at O'Neillhc.com. Best European style pub is nearby at Gandalf's in Valley City. Whether you're in for brunch, lunch, or dinner, the chef's inspired menu will cast a spell of deliciousness, keeping you coming back for more. Plus, live entertainment, a large craft beer selection, and great service make Gandalf's Pub one of the area's liveliest gathering spots. For great food and fun, it's Gandalf's Pub and Restaurant, Route 303 in Valley City. Top of the morning. Western Reserve Group has proudly served Ohio for over 100 years. Their mission has been to provide families with quality insurance protection for their home, auto, business, and farm. For more information about Western Reserve Group, contact your local Western Reserve Group independent insurance agent or go to their website at www.wrg-ins.com to find an agent near you. If you want to look your best, man, I want you to go to Vince's Barbershop. It's located at 18324 Lakeshore Boulevard in Cleveland, right by St. Joe's High School. So get there if you want to get a good trim and you want to look your best, especially for the Mayo Ball coming up. You want to look good, don't you? Put that tuxedo on, the bow tie, and you're going to look your best when you get your haircut at Vince's. Again, the, uh, the, the address is 18324 Lakeshore Boulevard. And if you want to bring your wife along when you're getting that haircut or your girlfriend, it's also called Beachland Hair Design. There's a ladies section of the, the uh, barbershop and the beauty parlor. Call them at 216-481-5981. That's 216-481-5981. Remember the Mayo Society Ball is next Saturday night. If you got your tickets, good for you. If you don't, you probably still have a chance to. I think tomorrow... 
might be the day we have to turn in the count for the tables for the food. So you can call 216-241-6742 for last-minute tickets. 216-241-6742. Now, this from Golf Tech. Oh, by the way, Golf Tech, if you go to the ball, you have a chance to win a $1,245 raffle. We're raffling off golf lessons, $1,245 worth. That'll be at the ball. There's a special raffle. You know if you've been there before. The raffle is one of one of the best around. But now this from Golf Tech. Stand by. Improve your golf game with Golf Tech. Take the next step to a better game with equipment and custom fitting with the latest technology. Golf Tech has six area locations. Your golf game goes further with Golf Tech. Visit one of Northeast Ohio's Golf Tech locations or go to golftech.com. Golf Tech, proven path to proven results. Hi, I'm Mike Joyce from Joyce Buick GMC, inviting you to visit our dealership for a new Buick or GMC. Joyce has a great selection of new Buicks and GMCs in stock, and we're offering you the best in pricing and customer care. Come see why Buick is the fastest-growing car manufacturer in the U.S. Joyce Buick GMC, serving you for over 45 years. That's right, Mike and Sean Joyce. They're on the premises every day. I hope you can stop in and see them. And if you want to see their great selection of new or used cars, go to the website, which is drivejoyce.com. That's drivejoyce.com. It's 10.34 here on the Irish Show on WHK AM 1420. Helen is in the studio. I introduced her before, but I think I might have given you the wrong name, Helen. I, sh- I said Helen Fogarty, but actually you have the name Helen Jones. That's partly correct, Jerry. So off air, it's Fogarty. On air, it's Helen Jones. Great to be here. Great. Now listen, for our listeners, I don't know if they've ever ever heard a very proper English accent <laughs> on this program before. So I hope you don't make the rest of us feel bad. I know if you've been on the BBC, how long have you been uh, working for BBC Radio? So I'm based in Liverpool in the UK on a a local radio station, one of 39, called BBC Radio Merseyside. I present the Sunday morning breakfast show, and then I present Monday to Wednesday, the afternoon show. Been there, Jerry, 21 years. That's a lot of work. I love it. Yeah. A lot of talking, Jerry. Do you have uh, do you have producers and directors and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, we have a newsroom team. So in the morning we'll have a planning meeting about the news agenda and then uh, the show for the afternoon show, the drive show is split in two. So the first 2 hours we do quizzes get callers on, check in how they're doing, talk about subjects, and then after four o'clock, we'll look at, at the news agenda. So anything from cost of living to, indeed, the news as we're hearing daily updates, uh, the Queen's sad uh, passing on Thursday as well. That's a big yeah, news story. I want to talk to you in more we detail, will, yes. in more detail yeah, about I, that. Yeah, how so did you get started in radio? So, Jerry, I got started by being the only girl and having older brothers who wouldn't let me go out fishing with them or play cricket or football. So 
I became a friend of a speaker with a voice coming out of it. I loved radio and I thought one day I'm going to be that voice coming out of the speakers for other listeners. It took a bit of a, a journey to get there. I've been broadcasting uh, on, on air for about 10 years. So I did a degree at the University of Bedfordshire. It means nothing when you work in the industry now. It's just a bit of paper. But no, it's nice to have it off. Yeah, so I made a lot of cups of tea. I licked a lot of stamps uh, for other presenters over the years in different radio stations. And then I, um, my break came at the age of 15. I won a DJ competition on a, a, a local radio station near Wrexham. You might have heard of that I with sure the didn't. Ryan Reynolds football team. Um, and my mum was very strict Irish Catholic, said, no, no, you'll be, be a teacher now. Mary Conway, her maiden name, and lovely to be here in Cleveland because of that link, and we'll update on that in a minute. But mum was very, oh, no, no, I don't want you to do that. And when they announced out of the seven boys and three girls that entered the competition, they played the song that I played. Mum was hanging out the washing, and she threw the laundry in the air and was thrilled. No. So that's, that's how it all kind of started, really. But, but the BBC has given me a great platform uh, working on different departments. So I ran a department for 10 years called The A-Team, after the famous oh, yes. American uh, show, where it was like a helpline where we took calls from listeners and we'd check out things like if they were getting scammed or if they had a leak and family members maybe not nearby. And we'd help with lots of campaigns about health and well-being and volunteering and education. So it was a great platform, Jerry, to learn about the area. Does... Um do people call into the radio program? Yes, they do. You have live calls on the yeah, air? We, we have our breakfast show. Paul Salt is the presenter. Between 9 and 10 each day, uh, they'll have a phone in. They set the agenda. The caller can talk about anything they want, within reason. And then on a Friday afternoon, Claire Hamilton, our drive presenter, does a full hour as well. But any time we offer that platform for listeners to, to phone in or to WhatsApp us, they do. They're, they're great support for the radio station. Sure. Now, let's, uh, let's talk about your heritage. It's a Conway. You mentioned Conway. It is. Tell me about it. So the, the heritage of my family is a beautiful one with links to Ballycroy. So mum was born uh, the eldest girl, Mary Conway, and I'm in Cleveland because of my wonderful Uncle Manus, sadly, who's passed now, and his beautiful wife, uh, Bridgie Ned. He was famous in her own right. I went to PJ McIntyre's, and she's got a room yeah, named after named <laughs> How fabulous is that? It and, is, and great. Pat was so lovely welcoming us to, to the bar. So mum was the eldest. She moved from Ballycoy to the Wirral, the peninsula across the River Mersey, and she went on to have her own family. I'm the youngest girl, and mum worked tirelessly, Jerry. Uh, sadly, passed 25 years ago, so she never got to hear me on the radio. So uh -huh. all of that mithering, shall we say, of, Mum, can you lend me money? Can you help me do this? Uh, but being in America, Jerry, and especially in Cleveland, uh, my cousins are beautiful, and there's a glance or a smile or a little bit of, of wisdom, and I can see the Conway Jean uh, and the Bradleys as well. So it's been really a, a joy. I've never been here before, so it's been a lot of tea drinking and a lot of talking, and I've doubled in size. I'm going to have to get an extension on the plane with the seatbelt because my, my generous Auntie Bridie is just, she's so did, kind. Uh, did she bake anything? Um, she's baked, uh, yes, an Irish, an Irish cake. Yes. Uh, not, not the soda bread, but it's, it's, in fact, we have some examples in the studio, so I'll have some in a minute. Okay. Oh, yeah. uh, so she's feeding you pretty good, yeah? Yes, American style. You don't do small portions here, do you? No. no yeah. And I, I, I need to get my wording right as well. I asked for chips yesterday, thinking 
fries, yeah. but they were crisps, so I need to ask for fries. That's my, my, my learning curve. That's right. Um, I want to talk a minute um, about um, the Queen, the passing of the Queen. Uh, terrible, terrible sadness all over the British Isles, and uh, no matter where you go in the world, probably the British possessions, no matter where they were throughout the world. Uh, I would say that 99.9% .9 of the people making comments on radio and even on, on social media was very favourable to the Queen, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I've been watching Channel 5 here in, in Cleveland for, for television updates and the, the Thursday that it happened, um, I was at Cleveland Library just checking out getting the Wi-Fi and my husband and I, he was here at that time, he's, he's sadly gone back to Liverpool now. We were just stunned because we knew announcements were being made, we knew that uh, the news was um, more so serious than in previous announcements about the Queen's health. I mean, what was really amazing, Joe, was that Tuesday she was meeting our new Prime Minister sure. at Balmoral, having photographs taken, and Thursday that news broke. Yeah, the news started coming out slowly. It, it did. And I, I think they were given a hint D that the end was near. But, but, but what, uh, being uh, told by colleagues back from BBC Radio Merseyside, um, flags at half-mast, as they are here oh, in sure. the United States, um, screens blacked out on the London Underground the next day, uh, world-famous shops in London closed. But the, the most beautiful thing that I saw was on the mall opposite Buckingham Palace, line after line after line of black cabs paying their respects, all lined up as far as the eye could see. And if you remember, weeks ago, uh, for the Queen's uh, Jubilee, uh, people were, were lining those streets, waving flags and, sure. and welcoming the Queen on the balcony. So for many, I think that the story is one of sadness. Like, uh, Jerry, you know, your own family member, people really uh, saying how much they, they love the Queen, probably they've never met her. That's right, but what do you think it was that made her such a beloved person? Not just in England, but around the world, actually. I, I what mean, was it? I, I think, you know, I'll be saying something like she, she's met, you know, uh, 15 prime minister, you know, 14 presidents, uh, seven popes. She tirelessly, decade after decade, 70 years of reigning the country, but being that ambassador, always giving herself, which she declared to do at her own coronation mm. and she sacrificed a lot and some would argue you know she was quite a private person and at the time of for example Diana's uh, death I, in 97 that you know she should have come back to England sooner mm. she did it her way and I think the respect and her reign will never be seen yeah. in the likes of that way how, again. How can you go 70 years without making some mis missteps in the political arena, especially, most people, most politicians can't go seven minutes. Yeah, I think she was, <laughs> you're so right, Jerry. I think she was well-guided. I think she but was very disciplined, too, obviously. Well-briefed, yeah. She, she always liked to keep an eye on the news, and she loved her daily chats uh, regarding the state of affairs. And I think, you know, the media can be cruel, and I think the Queen was well well, savvy. She was a smart lady to kind of, you know, lead her life in a private way. And when she needed to reveal and be that public ambassador, she did. So I, I've loved watching Jerry here in America, images of the Queen that I've not even seen. Her relaxing at home with her family, walking in Balmoral, having a, a giggle. I mean, you must have seen the Paddington Purse sketch for her yeah. Jubilee. Yeah. We loved that, was, that back that home. And, and meeting James Bond, how class yes. was that? Yes. She's a cool lady. Yes, yes. We're going to talk more. Right now, we're going to um, play.
play a song, a very special song, being the day that it is, uh, 9-11, 21 years ago today. Here's Johnny Cash and the Ragged Old Flag. I walked through a county courthouse square on a park bench, an old man was sitting there. I said, your old courthouse is kind of run down. He said, no, it'll do for our little town. I said, your old flagpole has leaned a little bit, and that's a ragged old flag you got hanging on it. He said, have a seat, and I sat down. Is this the first time you've been to our little town? I said, I think it is. He said, I don't like to brag, but we're kind of proud of that ragged old flag. You see, we got a little hole in that flag there when Washington took it across the Delaware. And it got powder burned the night that Francis Scott Key said, watching it right and say, can you see? And it got a bad rip in New Orleans with Packingham and Jackson tugging at its seams. And it almost fell at the Alamo beside the Texas flag, but she waved on though. She got cut with a sword at Chancellorsville, and she got cut again at Shiloh Hill. There was Robert E. Lee, Beauregard, and Bragg, and the south wind blew hard on that ragged old flag. On Flanders Field in World War I, she got a big hole from a Bertha gun. She turned blood red in World War II. She hung limp and low a time or two. She was in Korea, Vietnam. She went where she was sent by her Uncle Sam. She waved from our ships upon the briny foam, and now they've about quit waving back here at home. In her own good land here, she's been abused. She's been burned, dishonored, denied, and refused. And the government for which she stands is scandalized throughout the land. And she's getting threadbare and she's wearing thin, but she's in good shape for the shape she's in. Cause she's been through the fire before. And I believe she can take a whole lot more. So we raise her up every morning. We take her down every night. We don't let her touch the ground and we fold her upright. On second thought, I do like to brag cause I'm mighty proud of that ragged old flag. ask you Helen after after playing this song here you know 9-11 inspires great patriotism throughout this country and I think uh, I think every house on 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 streets all over this country are flying flags today do you get that wave of patriotism now coming across with the Queen passing away? 100%, Jerry. yes. Yeah, I think it's nice, yeah. isn't it? I mean, obviously, not, not all of the British public will be uh, feeling the same. Others, you know, they'll have back-to-back -back coverage on outlets of social media, TV, radio, 
Um, I think a lot of people have taken the death of the Queen and welcoming King Charles III as a massive transition. It's been expected, you know, remember she was 96. Yeah. And By the way, his speech was wonderful. I loved wasn't it. Wasn't that moving? It was I think uh, he's never done anything like yeah, that. He hit the spot, and he I really thought, nice did. touch. Her photograph on the side. He gave an olive branch to Prince Harry and to Meghan. You know, even though it was only one line. Well, I, the one line needed to be <laughs> yeah, said. Yeah, it though, did. Didn't it didn't need yeah. to be said. That's right. But I think as well, yeah, how poignant as well that now um, with Kate and William as the Prince and Princess of Wales, that title was offered to Camilla the Queen Consort, and she declined it out of respect for Princess Diana. So there will be, Jerry, as you say, um, four days starting today of uh, mourning, and the Queen uh, will be um, uh, transported, for want of a better word, from Scotland in Edinburgh down by, with her daughter, Princess Anne, uh, to Westminster Hall. And for four days, the public will be able to pay their respects, starting with um, MPs and uh, dignitaries, mm -hmm. first of all. And that private mourning as well with, with family members, because it'll be, again, she was a grandmother, she was That's a mother. Right. So, so that side of things, a speaking, great loss. Speaking of Camilla... She seems to have been really rehabilitated into the British public. They really seem to like her now. Yes. What, 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 what caused this? I think, oh. well, people forget they've been married now 17 years. I think the COVID pandemic, Camilla really stepped up. And again, a lot of duties and responsibilities. Not controversial, Jerry. though. Yeah, were put down She's to... non-controversial too. She is a wise lady that knows at first she got a lot of, of backlash yeah, from the public definitely. because of being the other person in the relationship to quote Princess Diana. But I think over time she has pulled in um, a, a great response and a positive response from the British public. Not everyone is a fan, but w a recent documentary, Jerry, on the TV in the UK was showing, uh, you know, uh, the Queen Consult at home, just, you know, doing charity work, and you just got to saw a, a side of her. And that friendship, and as he called uh, the Queen Consult in that, that first speech as king, as you saw, in my beloved Camilla, and I think it's been a, a romance that, that now is sealed with... Uh, the years passing since uh, Princess Diana. Time does solve a lot of problems, doesn't it? Totally agree. <laughs> totally agree. Uh, but but I, I think, Joe, you know, it, it is to be said about the, the dignity of the Queen. A lot of people uh, will have admired Her Majesty in what she did, uh, the, the work that she did, and the stuff that we'll never know about, you know, that those moments when... She, you know, she greeted so many charities over her life and so many individuals that, I mean, could you do it day after day? Could you? Oh, no. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have the stamina. No, I'm younger than her, <laughs> I think. A <laughs> little bit. <laughs> Not much. <laughs> it's great. Let's go over here to Eddie and see what he wants. Okay, our, our good buddy Tommy called in and wanted to say hi to everybody here on the program and loves listening to you. Hi, Tommy. He said, it's nice to have an English voice on the program. So well, that's wonderful. So we don't speak English here. No. <laughs> <laughs> what is this stuff we speak okay. every Sunday morning? Who knows? Yes. <laughs> well, we had a, a Frank called in, and he, he wanted a special dedication to Helen and Liam Fogarty. And this is from all the Conways and, and Campbells here in Cleveland. Oh, how special. Well, that's fabulous. A, and there's a lot of them. Yes, you have so many relatives here, and Helen? you don't know there's an awful lot of Fogarty's around here too. Oh, that's fabulous! Well, our lineage is Tipperary Fogarty's. So I, I married an Irishman, but, well, born in Liverpool, but 
my husband, when he came and first met uh, Bridget Conway, said it was the most Irish house he'd ever been in. <laughs> Here in Cleveland, even yeah. from his own growing up. How now, cool is that? Now, your, your husband is a professor he, of what? He, he teaches journalism at uh, the University of Preston. So he's a, a, a journalist himself. He worked on TV reporting and he did political reporting uh, for the BBC as well. So he's now passing on his skills and hopefully finding the future Jerry's of this world. Is he, is he yeah. listening in Liverpool? He, he is. I'm trying okay. to get hold to say, how am I doing? I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure he's critiquing this program. Okay. Saying, what the hell are those guys doing all <laughs> Well, fire the three of them. Yeah. Now, what I did. now, how do you like the... Is this country any... I understand this is your first trip over here. It is, Eddie, yes. And does it... Has it does it reach what you thought the country looked like and what were you? I love Cleveland because it's very like back home. Lots of green spaces. We've done a lot of walking with my, yep. my cousin Rose and Frank, and I love the weather today. Can yep. I say that it's raining and I'm yeah, joyous? Right. I will actually yeah. go and do a rain You're dance. At home. Yeah, yeah. I am I because I, I don't do the heat very well with my my kind of Irish colouring with the the red hair. So it's well, been I, a challenge putting sun cream on and finding. Uh, shade a lot, but yeah. I've, I've loved being in uh, America. I, we started our trip in Chicago, and then we went to see Manus's other auntie, my auntie Bridie, in two auntie Bridies uh, in California. Yeah. And that was, a, a, again, just growing up with American television, I, I even got excited on the freeway just yeah. seeing the names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, I'm going to go to the, uh, I'm going to go to my computer here. I'm going to play um, this. Go, do you like. Uh, Galway Shawl. Did you ever hear <gasps> the song? Yes, one of my mum's faves. Really? Oh, isn't that lovely? Well, it's coming How up. How special. Here's coming up, and it's sung by Eckle Crossing. Here they are. And or and more In the county Galway
There she is, and that's Brittany Riley actually doing that singing, and we call her the Janis Joplin of Cleveland. You know that? She was here on the station, and um, she did um, she did some Janis Joplin stuff, and feedback on it was great. Everybody thought it was that Janis had been reincarnated here at the radio station, and she's married to Brent Hopper, of course. 
Dennis Prager explains what Biden has done. The isolation of a a segment of the population as the misfortune of a country has a very dark pedigree. People should be aware that these things can lead to very bad results. When a leader of a country tells the people of the country there's a segment of the country that is its misfortune. The Dennis Prager Show. Weekdays at 1, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 1420. The answer. And Odyssey. WHK Cleveland, a service of Salem Media Group. Broadcasting from the Discount Drug Mart Studios. Proud to be celebrating over 50 years as your hometown pharmacy. We are back in hour number two of the Irish program here on WHK AM 1420 and on the internet at whkradio.com. Very special guest in the studio this morning, Helen Jones, and we are really enjoying listening to her uh, talk about what's going on in England and, of course, around the world in all the, the colonies. <laughs> uh, JC, you had something to say? Hang on, first I'll of, put you on. First of all, thanks for the uh, soda bread, Colleen. No, you're welcome, Jerry. Very or tasty. Casey. Thanks. Sorry. I've got to uh, cut out my eighth grade Is reunion. Bridgie, Bridgie baked that, did she? No, I baked it. Oh, you did. Sorry. I, I made the chocolate. <laughs> I'm s- sorry about that, Mrs. Day. <laughs> I made it. We have a baptism today. So you didn't so see baking. a chocolate cake, Jerry. Yes. Oh, I love yeah. some after the program. <laughs> I can't eat anything during the program. My gosh. But the funny thing about Connie Mayo, it's happened to me before when I'm in conversation with somebody and a name comes up and I told a stranger, says, Connie Mayo, yeah, I have roots there. Well, I'm at Parma Taylor getting my tuxedo tucked in and uh, it mentioned to the proprietor, a young woman from Romania, mm-hmm. been doing business with her for years. Yeah. And this mm-hmm. fella brought some clothing in for uh, tailoring. He says, County Mayo. He says, oh, he says, my grandfather was a McIntyre from County Mayo. <laughs> a Romanian. Yeah, that's the guy. But anyhow, I head on down to eighth grade reunion. Fun. I won't tell you what year, but I graduated from high school in uh, 1960, so you can deduct a few years from that, you know. But uh, Hungarian uh, Tell the neighborhood. truth. You graduated from high school the same year. As Prince, as uh, Queen Elizabeth was um, <laughs> was crowned. No, I'll take your word for it. 1953. <laughs> no, no. Okay. I, I heard that. I listened to that on the radio action in Ireland. I was a young fella, and I was, wasn't that right? 1953. Yes, Jerry. it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Eddie's a breathing fire right uh, over my right shoulder, Jerry. So I'm bugging out. I'll see everybody. Okay. All right. All right, JC. We'll see you at the ball. Okay. For sure. Okay. Eddie, what's JC always tells me he can teach ancient history from personal experience. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here we go. Uh, Bridgie Conway requests said hello to her er, her friends and family in Ireland. John Campbell continued healing. His wife Joan, Margaret, uh, Tommy, uh, uh, Martin, and and uh, I guess in Bridge. Campbell, uh, we have uh, we had a great time over there at the wedding in Ireland, and now looking here. to come back. Now listen here to yes. me. Yes, if you if you continue not not understanding your own writing, it wasn't B- my writing. That's my problem. <laughs> B- yeah, B- BBC, I know, will never hire you. Yeah. <laughs> it. Oh, that was Rose. Rose, I, said, I okay, was re- Rose. reading. Yeah, Sorry translations. About that. 
Okay. Okay. Yes, Jerry. <laughs> All right, Corey, Cotton, Cot Cot we want to talk okay. about the Mayo yes, Ball coming do. up. It's very yes, important. It's a very important very event, important. and it's going to be a great one. Mm -hmm. Yes, this, we do. Uh, this ball is going to be really outstanding, I can tell you right now. I know it. So if you haven't got your ticket yet and you want to go, please do so in the next day or so. As I said earlier, the cutoff date to tell the hotel how many dinners we're ordering, I think, is tomorrow or the next day. So you need to get that order in. Connie, give the particulars, please. That's right. The Green and Red Ball, the Mayo Society of Greater Cleveland, is Saturday, September 17th at 6.30 p.m. at the Intercontinental Hotel. Many of our Irish community will be there. We are honoring the Mayo Person of the Year, Michael E. Gibbons, uh, this year. Our good friend Dan Coughlin will be there. Uh, there are tickets still available, but we do need to know. And please contact Kristen. She is our administrator, Kristen Bigley, 216-241-6742. We do need to know if you're going to be attending. Uh, Jerry, some bigger parts to this with the Mayo Society. Gosh, Jerry, what is it, about 20-some years? I know it's 20 uh, years for the uh, Cleveland Ackle twinning next year in 2023, but the ball... Uh, coming up, we've we've got quite a few we're, years. Yeah, we are the first one in 2006. Okay, so. so we are having guests coming in from County Mayo as well as from the west coast of Ireland. We have Councillor Seamus Weir. He's the Cahertalek, which is the mayor of Mayo County Council. I want to hear you say that again. <laughs> <laughs> I, if I didn't say it correctly, you and Bridgie can correct me. But Councillor Damian Ryan, Councillor Richard Finn, Councillor Peter Flynn, and Erla Moran, head of Castlebar Municipal District. Also, we have our good friend Terrence Dever from the Ackle Community Development Corporation, Kenny Deary from the Ackle Development uh, Board Member and Galway Chamber of Commerce, and Sinead Nee Leherty, who is from the... <laughs> what? No, I, I said that wrong. I love the way you okay. do that. She and loves Sinead, it too, Connie. And Sinead is from the uh, Udras Galtak, which is the nonprofit about the Gaelic-speaking areas, go. thank you, of uh, Western Ireland. But what's critical is that these guests are, are coming in. They've been coming in for years. And when J.C. talks about that, he's at a tailor here in, in our area, Northeast Ohio, and somebody says, oh, my gosh, I know someone from Mayo. And, Helen, for you to be here, out of the 400 or half a million people that say they have Irish roots in our region, close to 250 to 300,000 are that connected from Mayo. Not everyone. Not everyone. We've got Cork people. We've got Dublin people. We've got Derry people. We've got people from all over, right? But a majority of them came over from County Mayo, mm -hmm. just like Bridgie right here, just like my grandmother, my two grandfathers, and uh, so many other people, cousins and relatives that I know, because it was a great place to be. It was family. And as you see, Helen, our beautiful green space, but it is a little taste of home. And I know when you walk into Bridgie's house, as when you walk into Jerry or Nellie's house, it is like going home. <laughs> and like Eddie and Pat's house, too. It's like going home. So You, you know, the big you, difference, welcome. though, between going into an Irish house and an American house is when you go into an Irish house, they'll say to you, will you have a cup of tea? And they'll give you soda bread. If you come into an American house, the first thing they say to you, would you like a beer? Really, that's that's true, and that's what except, one of the except when you go into Quinn's house, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't Can you would, would you like a potato? <laughs> <laughs> no, I never offer anybody a beer anymore. Never do. No, I I, I'm no. they probably all think I I'm just so offer cheap. people adult beverages. <laughs> you do indeed, Eddie. I know that. But anyway, Colin was talking about the Mayo Society. We've had um, 
we had our first our first person of the year was Steve Malloy, and that was in 2008. And up until last year was Miles Gallagher, and this year, of course, it's Mike Gibbons. So there's eight, 11, there'll be 11. This Mike will be the 12th person selected as Mayo Person of the Year. So uh, anyway, Helen, I was going to ask you about your husband. Uh, his um, What was the name of the university he teaches at? So it's called UCLan. It's in Preston in the northwest of England, and it's the University of Preston. And many uh, a time, Liam Bogarty is my husband's name. He has gone above and beyond. COVID was a big challenge for well, a lot of, so. of people. So a lot of the students had online teaching with Zoom and with you know, FaceTime, and of course, typical Irish fella, you know, switch it on and on again, on and off again if we couldn't get it to work, because we had, you know, <laughs> I'd be downstairs some days working and doing some production at home, and Liam would be upstairs, and I think it's a joy, Jerry, like you, we love broadcasting, we love the in- immediate connection with radio, and, and again, with technology now, with social media, it just makes it wonderful, doesn't it, that the world oh, yeah. can pick you up. Let me ask you about um, education the education system, universities. Are there many universities within striking distance of where you live? Like we have probably five, six right yeah, here. Yeah, definitely. You're the same way. Huh? Liverpool, if I just mentioned those four lads called the Beatles, many oh, yeah. come to our city. We've got a performing arts lipper and Paul McCartney. So Paul McCartney comes every July for their graduation uh, ceremony. Uh, we've got um, many universities that specialise, Jerry, in you know the arts and in culture and, and in all fields. And I think many people that come to the city of Liverpool uh, to uh, study, some never leave because they have such a great, great time. Mm-hmm. You did get to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? I did. And do you know, how cool is that venue? It's so amazing. I spent a good few hours there. Now, what did you do there? I looked at the um, Beatles exhibition. It's on till December here. And I got to speak to the lovely, is he called Jerry? Oh, oh that's Ge- Greg. Greg, that's it. Greg, Greg Harris. That's Greg it. Harris. Uh, the chief executive. Um, and I was shown around the ex- exhibits and uh, there was hundreds of people that, again, I took my recorder, Jerry, and I actually did a bit of um, interviewing to play back on BBC Radio Merseyside when... Uh, back, I head huh? back, but it's a great venue. Michael Jackson's red leather jacket in there from Thriller. Mm-hmm. Whitney Houston artifacts. There was loads, loads of... Oh, yeah. yes. It's, it's, uh, it was a great catch for Cleveland, and I was kind of surprised that we got it instead of New York. No, it was because there was a lobby, and there was huge lobby, and... Because wasn't York, a, a famous Jerry? Wasn't there a famous disc jockey that 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 started it all going? And isn't his headstone a jukebox? That's right. Um, Alan Freed was one of That's the, the guy. Was one of them. But but you know what? We had right here in Cleveland. We had a local connection to his name was Bill Randall, and Bill Randall was the first one that ever brought Elvis Presley north of the Mason Dixon line. He brought him here to Cleveland to a high school in 1956, and that was the first time Presley performed outside the South. And it was a huge thing at Big Brooklyn deal. at Brooklyn High School. Have you seen the film, Jerry? Of, of Presley? Yes. Isn't the it one, amazing? The one that Bill Randall had made? Just the, the recent one, yes. Oh, not the, not the recent oh, one, no. You have to see it. It's exquisite. But it's Bill, just Bill so Randall was on this station for years. Wow. And in fact, he was, a, he was in uh, CBS in New York for years, and then he became a lawyer and a professor in, um, at Columbia yeah. University. But he was based out at Cleveland here. And he, you know, they didn't mention him a lot, 
in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't know why. Yeah, I noticed that. There was only certain references. I thought there'd be more about Elvis. Yeah, no, I'm talking about uh, oh, the Bill Randall. Bill Randall, Bill okay, Randall. sorry. Uh, Randall was a, was a DJ, that's what he was, but he ended up being a professor and all the others. So when he, when he, but he was one of the ones that really moved rock and roll in this country. Well, this station went on the air in 1922, and if a, if a record wasn't played on WHK here, it never got anywhere in the country. Wow. And this was where really, we, and the reason I think we got the rock and roll is because this is where rock and roll really began. Uh, other people will dispute that. That's a great claim to fame, Jerry. It, it is. It is. Uh, but we got the Rock and yeah. Roll Hall of if, Fame. If I can just add, uh, so I present the Sunday morning breakfast show uh, on the BBC in mm-hmm. Liverpool, and one of my guests is a, a Catholic priest who is a massive, massive Elvis fan. So as a sideline, he does an Elvis impersonation and he sings like Elvis. Guess his name? Elvis Priestley. No. It is. And, and people just go wild when he... He doesn't do it often, only special occasions. But he, it, and you have him on your radio program? Yes. He, he doesn't come on as Elvis. He comes on as, you know, just to contribute to as the program. As Elvis Priestley. But Elvis Priestley, he uh, does it for charity, and there's nothing that that guy doesn't know about Elvis. He's just a connoisseur. He, he writes about Elvis. He, he actually bought a buckle... Uh, for uh, the film that's just come out and he's got it as part of his I think he he was celebrating 25 years being a priest so he bought himself a gift and it was an Elvis buckle as you do (laughs) wonderful wonderful all right I'm going to go and we're going to play a piece of music here let's do this one and again staying with the theme of 9-11 this is a great song written by Alan Jackson and it's, it's called Where Were You? When the world stopped turning, and of course they're referring to 9-11. Here it is. Where were you when the world stopped turning on that September day? Were you in the yard with your wife and children? Working on some stage in L.A. Did you stand there in shock At the sight of that black smoke Rising against that blue sky? Did you shout out in anger And fear for your neighbor? Or did you just sit down and cry? Did you weep for the children Who lost their dear loved ones Pray for the ones who don't know you rejoice for the people who walked from the rubble and sob for the ones left below? Did you burst out with pride for the red, white, and blue and the heroes who died just doing what they do? Did you look up to heaven for some kind of answer and look at yourself and what really matters? I'm just a singer of simple songs I'm not a real political man I watch CNN But I'm not sure I can tell you The difference in Iraq and Iran But I know Jesus and I talk to God And I remember this from when I was young Faith, hope, and love are some good things he gave us and the greatest is love. 
stop turning on that September day. Teaching a class full of innocent children or driving down some cold interstate. Did you feel guilty cause you're a survivor? In a crowded room, did you feel alone? Did you call up your mother and tell her you loved her? Did you dust off that Bible at home? Did you open your eyes and hope it never happened? Close your eyes and not go to sleep. Did you notice the sunset the first time in ages? I speak to some stranger on the street. Did you lay down at night and think of tomorrow? Go out and buy you a gun. Did you turn off that violent old movie you're watching? Turn on out of Lucy reruns. Did you go to a church and hold hands with some strangers? Stand in line and give your own blood. Did you just stay home and cling tight to your family? Thank God you had somebody to love. I'm just a singer of simple songs. I'm not a real political man. I watch CNN, but I'm not sure I can tell you the difference in Iraq and Iran. But I know Jesus and I talk to God, and I remember this from when I was young. Faith, hope, and love are some good things He gave us, and the greatest is love. I'm just a singer of simple songs. I'm not a real political man. I watch CNN, but I'm not sure I can tell you the difference in Iraq and Iran. But I know Jesus and I talk to God, and I remember this from when I was young. Faith, hope, and love are some good things He gave us. And the greatest is love. And the greatest is love. And the greatest is love. Where were you when the world stopped turning on that September day? That is the great, super talented Alan Jackson. He wrote that song, actually. Where were you when the world stopped turning? And now it goes back, of course, to 2001. 21 years ago, we all remember where we were on that fateful morning. I remember where I was. I was. Uh, I just had breakfast with my two good friends, and there was Tim McCormick and Tom Scanlon, who were uh, downtown Cleveland just finishing breakfast. And uh, we walked out, we were walking out of the restaurant, and one of the waiters says, did you hear what happened in New York? And then as I was driving around Dead Man's Curve, the plane, the first, um, I think it was the second plane, actually, went into the North Tower, the South Tower. The North Tower was hit first, I believe. Anyway, Eddie, you got something to tell me? Yes. We have, uh, you have a special request here from Bridgie Conway. Uh, 
And this is to all my friends in Cleveland, and especially to Paul McHugh for coming to my house yesterday with Irish tea uh, pot and Irish tea bags and everything else that went along with it to take good care of me. And I absolutely love it. And this is a special dedication going out to you and everybody and all her friends in Cleveland. Okay, that's that's wonderful. All right, let's go to Clare Island off the coast of Mayo. And here are the Saw Doctors. Will you meet me on Clare Island? Summer stars are in the sky. We get the ferry out from Runa and wave all our cares goodbye. And we go dancing at the Kelly. We go kissing on the strand. Take our clothes off in the moonlight Skinny dipping hand in hand We'll start drinking in the twilight Keep it up until the dawn Both the bars because there's no guards Take our name
The other saw doctor saying that's called uh, Meet Me on Clare Island. Most people have got to Clare yeah, Island, yeah, I think, but uh, not me, believe it or not. I've been to all the most of the islands off the coast of Ireland. Believe it or not, I haven't been to Clare Island. I can't believe that. 11.24 here on the Irish Show, WHK AM 1420. <coughs> In the studio with me this morning, we have the wonderful, talented BBC, the I call, I'll, I'll be calling her now the Queen of BBC. <laughs> so, uh, and Hel- the master, Helen, Jerry, great as well. to have you. Great to have you with us this morning. It's, do you know what? What a great vibe. I love the show. And Fun. the fact that you've got Irish food here is even better. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. Colin, Colin, I thought Bridgie bought it. <laughs> but, you know, you've got to know Bridgie now. Did you know Bridgie? Before always you came met, here, yeah, and your yeah, always met Bridgie, but always in County Mayo in Ballycroy. And if believe it or not, Jerry, Bridgie and my uncle Manus are my godparents, so they were on my christening photographs. I won't say the year, yeah, um, but we've always kept in touch through letters, that's Christmas wonder, cards, that's wonderful. and it was just um, a, a mission of mine. We're all getting older. I thought I need to go and see my Irish relatives in America, and it's been a dream come true. We've had an absolute ball. You know what I noticed about you, though, that I, I don't see with a lot of English people? A lot of the Irish immigrated to England, and they kind of seem to lose their nationality after a while. Okay. You, never, you never seem to have lost that association. No. And you're a no. grand you're a grand yeah. niece, right? I, I wear a cladder Irish ring. I am... Um, swamped in Irish culture. We visit the Irish Centre in Liverpool. Um, We have Irish community care in Liverpool and my husband is a patron. Um, I've got an Irish passport. Um, We keep in touch constantly uh, through the technology that is wonderful with my my cousins in America and in California and here in Cleveland. And what I love, Jerry, I love social media to look at photographs of yes. my relatives growing you know, like through that the year. Isn't that lovely? I love You can that. be anywhere and still keep in touch. That is the great thing about social media. There's yeah. a lot of bad things about it, yeah. but that is really But years great. ago now, we'd all race to the mailbox when mum yeah. would get Christmas cards from Auntie Bridgie and Manus to see what their news was and to see their glamorous photographs, like Dynasty. They were very glam. They still are glam. You call it, why, you did you call call, why did you call it Dynasty? Dynasty, the yeah, program, remember? And we call it Dynasty. Oh, di- well, we could say yeah. Dynasty. If I <laughs> so, Bri- it, so, Bridgie, we talk about you almost every Sunday on this radio program. <laughs> Your name always, her name nearly always comes up. I can imagine. Every yeah. Sunday. So here she is, in oh the flesh, gosh. right in the studio. Bridgie, how come you didn't bring a big soda bread this morning? I hadn't time <laughs> to make it. <laughs> we were no. so, I was so busy, I hadn't time to make it. But that's okay. But Kali uh, made it, so it's great. So, so, uh, so Bridgie, Bridgie, um, you are you're going to be like Queen oh, Elizabeth stop. around this uh, around Cleveland, <laughs> you know. You're you're going to be reigning supreme for seventy years, just yeah, like the and, and you are everybody's grandmother, and everybody loves you. Uh, yeah. What do you attribute to all this? Love and uh, that people have for Bridget Conway is because you just go around I'm and talk so to happy. I'm so happy about it all, and I cannot say enough. I, I love people, and I, lo- I have so many friends here in Cleveland and in Ireland. Everybody was wanting to see me to go for dinners. So when I was in Ireland two weeks ago, but I told them I couldn't go, I hadn't time. And of course, I love to be on the Mayo Ball, Mayo Society with you and Colleen and everyone. When Manus was living, God rest his soul, he told me not to go to the Mayo Ball. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> he never well, wanted to go. <laughs> so this one time he went, and he was, everybody was told to wear a tuxedo. So he said he was not buying any tuxedo for the ball. So my son-in-law had his tuxedo in his closet from his wedding, very perfect. So we went into his closet and stole this, <laughs> stole the, the, the suit, and he wore it to the ball, and we had to have it back again the next day. <laughs> but then everybody was telling him he looked wonderful at the ball. He sure did. I remember <laughs> that well. Manus was about 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, yeah. Tall, tall guy. And they were all telling him he was so good looking, and oh. he didn't care. My so. wife, Nellie, says he was much better looking than the guy she married. <laughs> she told me that. <laughs> was he Jay, wasn't he handsome? Oh, he was. Very distinguished. Very, uh, Quite a quiet guy. Much like a squire, an English squire. Uh, definitely, with the yeah, waistcoat. You can see him on his farmland. He carried himself very well. Yeah. And he, I was calling Jerry Quincho but every Sunday morning, and he didn't want that. He told me not to be calling Jerry Quint. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I went there. But Bridgie, at the same time, he was a very private person. Oh, he was. Very, very quiet. He'd never say nothing, and... Um, Never say yeah. a word. A great family man and loved Bridgie being with you and, and all my cousins. I just sensed that. Yes, just from all the family we're photographs. so happy to have Helen here. Frank uh, keeps in touch with her on the internet all the time and he was so excited yeah. to see her and all my family yeah. knew her from the... From and Jerry, if you can imagine, things, which I'm sure so. you'll agree, trying to get a word in with Auntie Bridgie is difficult. <laughs> I've noticed that. Yeah. Huh? I've yeah, but the, the one thing they have to tell me, stop talking, Jerry. <laughs> and my daughter Rose, she said, Mom, could I please talk now? And I don't <laughs> let them talk. I keep on talking. <laughs> well, I'm going to play something right okay, now. Okay, I'm, yeah, Bridgie, thank I'm, I'm going to play something right now, and it's called the <laughs> Rambling House. And I don't know if you ever encountered this, Helen, when you were in Ireland. It was the Rambling House was the place where a lot of musicians rambled into years ago and they'd have their accordion or their fiddle or their flute with them. They'd sit down and there'd be a jam session in that house the whole night. How wonderful. And they refer, they refer to it as the Rambling House. Now that goes back probably to the days of the famine or after they kind of died out. And then about 30 years ago it started to come back again. And I don't know where it is now. I'm not so sure that I haven't heard much about it lately. But it was a, a great rekindling of some of the great old traditions from years ago. And this guy from County Cork, his name is Patrick O'Sullivan. And uh, he made the song about it called <coughs> The Rambling House. I've got to pull it up here now. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, yes, here it is. Here it is. Here's Patrick O'Sullivan and The Rambling House. Bridgie, I know you remember this. <laughs> Tunes are played and songs are sung, stories told in the funny recitation. An old man in the corner he'd sit, drawing the hearthstone with a stick, to smell the burning lamp oil and the porter. There wasn't any electric light, just the turf fire burning bright, the paraffin lamp that hung down from the rafter. They talked of times before the war. Station master 
was in the spring. Folk would gather to tell their sins in the little room beside the kitchen fire. The smell of paint was everywhere. The priest, he didn't seem to care. He blessed the house and gave us all a sermon. There wasn't any electric light, just the turf fire burning bright. The paraffin lamp that hung down from the rafters. They talked of times before the war, and the hardship times they saw. The miles around you could hear the sound of laughter. Upon the stone floor till the morning. There was cornbread and pots of jam, pipes and tobacco for the smoking clan. Mugs of pork and drank from all the comfort. There wasn't any electric light, just the turf fire burning bright. The paraffin lamp that hung down from the rafters. I wish that we could go back in time to the That's Patrick O'Sullivan, and he's from a little town of Ballincollig in County Cork. I don't know if you ever heard of her or not, but it's pretty famous. Same, same area, actually, as Ambassador Crawford's people came from in Cork. Now, uh, let's go over here to our good friends at John O'Neill, um, O'Neill Healthcare, when I can find it right here. I did have it a minute ago. When locating the right care for your elderly mom or dad, look no further. O'Neill Healthcare has been providing outstanding elder care on Cleveland's west side for more than 50 years. Whether needing assisted living, memory support, independent living, skilled nursing, hospice care, dialysis, or rehabilitative therapies, we are here for you. Our team of physicians, nurses, and therapists deliver personalized care with compassion and quality at the forefront. You have peace of mind knowing they are with extraordinary people who provide exceptional care. O'Neill Healthcare is always improving the care of older adults and is the trusted choice for your loved ones. For more information about O'Neill Healthcare or to schedule a tour at one of our five facilities, please contact us at 440-808-5500. Zero zero, or visit us online at O'NeillHC.com.
Improve your golf game with Golf Tech. Take the next step to a better game with equipment and custom fitting with the latest technology. Golf Tech has six area locations. Your golf game goes further with Golf Tech. Visit one of Northeast Ohio's Golf Tech locations or go to golftech.com. Golf Tech, proven path to proven results. Hi, I'm Mike Joyce from Joyce Buick GMC, inviting you to visit our dealership for a new Buick or GMC. Joyce has a great selection of new Buicks and GMCs in stock, and we're offering you the best in pricing and customer care. Come see why Buick is the fastest growing car manufacturer in the U.S. Joyce Buick GMC, serving you for over 45 years. Don't forget to stop at Joyce Buick GMC if you're in the market for a new car or a new truck or a used car used truck. You can see the complete selection online at drivejoyce.com. Stop in right now. Mike and Sean are on the premises every day. In fact, if you come to the Mayo Ball, you're probably going to meet them there. I know they're coming. So um, the phone number, 440-934-6600, location 38039 Chester Road right off I-90 in Avon, Ohio. It's 1137. You can uh, give a call to Eddie if you wanted, 216-901-0945. I don't know if he has time to talk to you because he is conversing in a very deep conversation with Rose Wilson in the next studio. So, Eddie and Rose having a chat. Helen is with us in the studio this morning, uh, all the way from BBC Merseyside in um, um, Liverpool. The, the Mersey, is that that's the river running through? I learned that from uh, geography in school, I think. Is it the, Mer the Mersey River is... And Jerry Marsden's famous song, Ferry Across the Mersey. Ferry, oh, that's right. That's was that the Dave, song. What was that, Dave Clark Five, was it, or who? He what? was um, Jerry and the Pacemakers. Jerry and the Pacemakers. Yeah, that's and do you know Jerry? Great name as well. They've renamed the ferry terminal, the Jerry Marsden ferry terminal now, after Jerry Marsden, who sadly passed away. Yeah, we're on, Bridgie. You're on the air, right there, that microphone right beside you. If you want to say something, jump Do you right know what, Jerry? You need an award. The first person to, sh to, to make Bridgie Conway quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Lost for words. <laughs> so listen, when do you go back to work? You go back now, um, when, Friday? The so I, I, yeah, and do you know what, Jerry? I am so gutter because I'm going to miss the Mayo Ball. I'd have, re I'd have stayed. I've heard so much about this wonderful event. Yeah, I fly back via Dublin on Friday, but I'm not back in work until the 25th of September. Okay, and uh, that'll be about a week after the burial of the Queen. Yeah, that takes place on Monday the 19th of September mm -hmm. at 11 o'clock. That'll be at Westminster Abbey, and she'll be laid to rest alongside Prince Philip uh, at St. George's Chapel in Windsor. What about the, the country? Will the... Um, will Everybody will not be working, I'm sure, on They'll that make, day. Yeah, Monday is now going to be a bank holiday. This coming Monday? The 19th of oh, the September, 19th. Uh, when the Queen's uh, funeral will take place. So schools will close. A lot of employees may allow their staff. Well, they will, because it's a bank holiday. Will that go into the future? That, that's just for that day. Oh, that's for yeah. that day. Because don't forget, Joe, between now and then, it's, it's an official period of mourning oh, yeah. back at home. So TV programmes will have been changed, their schedules. Sporting events, the Premier Football, uh, was cancelled this weekend out of a mark of respect uh, for wh what has happened. And I think looking at the America press, it's, it's back to back coverage of um, 
stages of what happens next. So just an updating on the BBC website to say that Her Majesty's body is now in Edinburgh, lying in state. Are they going to take the train down to London, do you think? I think that would have been wonderful if the, if the body was transported I, I, by train. Yeah, I read somewhere that part of the journey will be by car and it'll take six hours. So I don't know whether that was going through Scotland or it was coming down to uh, the London area. But there is a train. There's that the goes, Royal Train, yes. There's a train that goes from Edinburgh to London, It isn't is. There? The Queen loved uh, the Royal Train, as she did uh, the QE2, and uh, remember those memorable moments when she shed a tear. Not not often you saw uh, the Queen uh, become emotional, but at the decommissioning of that, because she had many uh, happy a year on holiday. Was that the QE2? It was, yes. I was on its last, well, Jerry, uh, look at last you. voyage up the, um, it was what they called the Autumn, the autumn Cruise, uh, and Nellie and I went on that, and Eddie was with us too, and it was the one of the best holidays we ever I had. I bet that was spectacular. Yeah, it was just decommissioned not long yeah. after that. So it listen, let me ask you a few questions then, Mr sure. Radio Presenter. How does it feel to be broadcasting for all these years? It must be such a, a, a wonderful feeling. I can't every, believe every I'm still Sunday. alive. <laughs> <laughs> give me some tips, <laughs> Jerry. Jerry, <laughs> give me some tips for the future. What makes you know, a, gr- a no, great radio uh, presenter? I'll tell you, the hardest part about doing this program is anybody could do it. Anybody can do what, what I do on the, on the radio every Sunday morning. But the, the hard part is being there. You must be there. You can't say, I have a headache, I have a cold. You do everything you can. This morning... I had a little bit of hoarseness, and I said, oh, my God, I should stay home. But Helen is the coming in. The show must go on, Jerry. Yeah, I think, I think that's, uh, that's one of the things that you have yeah. to do. You have to be that committed to it. Definitely. If you're not, if you say, well, I just don't feel like going into it, you can't yeah. do that. And tell me how you got started. Oh, that was, uh, that was just by accident. I was working in Dublin, and I shortened it up for you. I had a friend that was in radio here named Leo D'Arcy. He ran a small station in Willoughby. He called me in my office in Dublin, and um, we talked about it was St. Patrick's Day, 1979, 78, 78. And he said, what's going on in Dublin? There wasn't a lot going on, but I made up some things and told him about <laughs> 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 it. You know, As you do, in those, in those days. <laughs> and uh, we finished the interview. We talked for about two hours, and I didn't know he was interviewing me. And he says, you know, I recorded this whole thing. Do you mind if I use snippets of it? On the radio today, we don't have anything Irish going on in our program here today. So I says, fine. So he did. And the last thing he said to me, now, when you come back to America next year, I was going to be away for a year. He said, I want you to do a radio program on this station. I said, sure, 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 sure. So I got back. And one of the first calls I got when I got back to Cleveland was Leo on the phone saying, remember that promise you made me uh, uh, St. Patrick's Day a year ago? I said, what promise? He says, you were going to do a radio program. He says, I got a spot for you next Saturday. Isn't that that's wonderful? And that's that's how yeah. it got started. I love radio, Jerry. Do you? Oh, I do too. I yeah. I wouldn't do it for forty-two years yeah. if I if I didn't like it. When I got married, you know, you can theme your wedding. So on our wedding tables, we had the names of radio presenters. Is that right? So you could sit on the the gay burn table or the Terry Wogan table. Yeah. And obviously, Bishop Terry Wogan was it? Wasn't he an icon? Oh we loved God, Terry. Right. Yeah. yeah, Dublin that, born, right? That, yeah, and in, it was a banker at first, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was uh, so fantastic and a massive. If I can just name check. In our house, Val Dunican, Jerry. Oh, I remember him well. He did Mom a TV program, him. a summer TV program yeah. here. Great. Great. He um he was from I think he was from Ireland. Was he from Wexford? I think Possibly. so. Yeah, I know him so. and Terry were big He had mates. a great he had a great rendition of Delaney's Donkey. Oh yes. 
Fabulous. And so for the future then, Jerry, do you think people are going to be listening to the radio in 20 years' time? I think so, because, you know, when, um, when television came along years ago, I remember people saying, well, radio is dead. And it isn't. It's as big as it ever was. And now there's been a lot of consolidation of stations in this country, and it's huge, massive business. But still, people are going to listen to the radio. There's that unique connection, I think, between the person driving in their car and that person somewhere a thousand miles away or it's instant isn't it it is and it's great it's friendship yeah. and, and you know being with that person you never know what they're going through as well that's what i always feel when i'm talking to somebody it's always one person yeah and i what i do i try to forget all the problems i have when i come in here and, and most of the time 99 that's what colleen's here for. i can yeah. I, I can shut <laughs> I, can, I can forget about everything and then i listen to colleen and eddie and jason i'll remind you of your problems <laughs> <laughs> no debbie hansen called in and she said don't forget you're in the the hall of fame that's right. The International Hall That's of Fame right. here in Cleveland. That's right. That's right. right. And oh. Thank you, A Hall of Shame. <laughs> <laughs> you see, Helen, the abuse. Well, I you've take. got to put it with. I, I can right. see it for myself, Jerry. I've been doing it, doing it for years. Look at it. It's 1145 here on the Irish Show, WHKAM 1420, and on the Internet at WHKRadio.com. Uh, Colleen, what you got? Yeah, we got a good friend. Our good friend called in uh, and emailed us from the Westside Irish American McNeely Library Committee. The Westside Club is hosting an afternoon tea and fashion show on Sunday, October 16th from 1 o'clock to 4, p- 4 p.m. at the main hall of the Westside IA. The event will be catered by Ahern Catering and fashions by Banyan Tree of Crocker Park. Tickets are $30. You can call Maureen Rice for tickets, 440-366-5748. So don't forget about that. Today at the Eastside Club, they're having their corn roast. Great day for a picnic and great day to be at the Eastside Club. There's going to be kids' games and crafts, live music, 50-50 raffles and raffle baskets, noon to 5 p.m. out there. The West Side IA, I know they just had their great big event on Friday for their halfway to St. Patrick's Day, which was a blast, but they're also having their steak roast. Or, I'm sorry, clam bank clam bake and steak dinner on Sunday, September 25th, uh, serving from 3 to 5 in the John Taher Pavilion at the West Side Club. There will be uh, also, you know, steaks or clams available for you. You can get your tickets from our good friend Kathleen Chambers, 440-759-7598. And that's about it, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also Friday night, this Friday, if you're interested in meeting the Irish delegation, uh, our elected officials, our guests from County Mayo, from Ackle, and from the West Coast of Ireland, from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock, we're going to be having a happy hour at the Harp with Karen O'Malley. Our good friend Karen O'Malley will be there. So please join us this Friday to meet our Irish uh, visitors. Helen, I hope you get a chance to visit the West Side. I know West Side IA. You live on the, your, Bridget lives on the West Side and you're not that far away from the West Side IA. Did you get to it yet? Yeah, yeah, yes, oh, we, yeah. we have been sightseeing, yes. Yeah, yeah. You, you went into the West Side IA. Have we? We're going to go. It's oh, on, you're the, going it's on go, the to-do yeah. list, yeah, Jerry. It's, it's 26. Did you get to Cultural Garden? No. The Irish not yet. We've been too busy talking and drinking tea. I know. That, <laughs> that'll do it. But we've done yeah. rock and roll. We've done lots of nice walking. Yeah. We've done downtown Cleveland, which we has been downtown. fabulous. I would recommend, though, the Cultural Gardens and the West Side IA. And if you can get to the East Side Club during the day, I know the West Side Club is open every day. John O'Brien goes there, and he has his staff that come in and do a lot of yeah. the work. It's worth seeing. We'll definitely and, do and that. And it's lov- great to go to the East Side Club. It's wonderful, too. They have a wonderful library at the East Side Club, and it's a, it's a big facility. Uh, 
3,000 members, 3,500 members on the West Side Club. East Side Club is about 2,000 members. But then we have like 28 other clubs in the city. And uh, most of them, well, they have a lot of Mayo people in, in all those I'll clubs. never get home. No, <laughs> you won't. You love it here. Yeah, well, next next time. It's always next time. Maybe. Jerry, can I just thank you for letting me uh, come and talk to you on your oh, program? Oh, I loved having you. Absolute pleasure to That's meet great, you all as well. Great fun. I was, got, I was a little bit nervous about you coming in. You, you were know. nervous. I was nervous of meeting the icon. Uh, oh, <laughs> about meeting somebody from the BBC. Fifteen years on BBC. You know what you're doing. <laughs> you really do. Allegedly, a bit like you, Jerry. We, we just turn up and do it. Yeah. Okay. Great. Good lad. Lovely to meet you. Yeah. Great. All right, Wendy, what else no, have you got? We had a caller called in and wanted to thank you for mentioning Bill Randall because she grew up with Bill Randall at Elvis Presley. And this is, here's a person that, uh, that we used to come on the uh, radio program right after, he would come on right after us. And Bill Randall, he was the first one to bring Elvis Presley above the Mason-Dixon line, and he came here to Cleveland. So, I mean, yeah, it, the, that's why one of the reasons that the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is ended up ended up here. But I would be on the program doing the phone calls, and I get calls, you know, uh, from some celebrities, you know, wanting to talk to Bill. Yes, I remember the day Tony Bennett. Tony called Bennett you. called wow. me, oh and I God. says, "Hey, this is Tony Bennett. Is Bill there?" I remember, said, "Hang on, Tony, I'll get him." <laughs> Do you remember another time Pat Boone called? Yeah. Oh, Pat oh, Boone yeah. loved him. Yeah. Yeah, those. Uh, yeah, they would call. Things. Yeah, I mean, and I'm answering the phone. That's okay. it. Yep. All right, coming up, we're getting near the end of the program. Tom Kelly is going to be on at uh, 12 o'clock, and he'll be here until 3. So make sure you stay with us all day. I'm going to play this now. It's not an Irish song, but I just, I love. Do you like Sarah Brightman? Oh, yes, Phantom of the Opera. Well, I'm going to play. Did you ever hear of the, uh, the piece she did with Carreras? All right, I'm going to play it for you right now. Pardon Amigos para siempre. Did you ever hear that one? You'll love it. Here it is. If you like Sarah, here she is. With Carrera. I feel you near me even when we are apart. 
called Amigos para Sempre and that's Carreras and Brightman here on the Irish show on WHK. For generations, Chambers Funeral Home has been a part of the great history of Northeast Ohio, providing meaningful funeral services what Chambers strives to provide. Pre-planning your future funeral arrangement is a wise and sensible choice in estate planning and Chambers can assist you and your family. From traditional burial services to cremation, the funeral directors at Chambers are skilled in assisting families of all faiths and financial abilities. Please call Chambers Funeral Home, 216-251-6566, or visit them at chambersfuneral.com, and they would be honored to discuss all of the many options available to you and your family as we commemorate a life well lived. Chambers Funeral Homes are proud to be family-owned and operated and helping greater Cleveland families. Well, there's the Tom Kelly theme song saying that it's time I got out of here and he's taking over. He's going to be here until 2 o'clock today, so make sure you tune in to Tom. If you want to know what's going on in the political arena, 
There's the man to listen to. Our program is brought to you by Chambers Funeral Homes, Gandalf's Pub and Restaurant, Valley City, Golf Tech, Joyce Buick, GMC, O'Neill Healthcare, PJ McIntyre's Irish Pub and Restaurant, Vincent's Barber Shop at 18324 Lakeshore Boulevard, Western Reserve Insurance Group. All of these good folks bringing you the Irish Show this morning on WHKAM 1420 and on the internet at whkradio.com. I want to thank Helen, Helen Jones Fogarty. A wonderful morning chatting with her, Rose Conway, Bridgie Conway. They're all here. Great time. Hope they come back again. I leave you with the immortal words of John Locke when he wrote, Oh, Ireland's in the grand you look like a bride in a rich adorning. And with all the pent-up love in my heart, I bid you the top of the morning. I'm Jerry Quinn. Good day. Preceding program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. Always Right Radio with Bob France. Well, immediately it's not, but we've never seen anything happen immediately like today. It's turn the switch on and off. Then why did you give it that name, you lying piece of West Virginia coal? Why did you give it the name Inflation Reduction Act if that wasn't its primary purpose? Why wasn't it called the Climate Change Act? Why didn't you call it Green New Deal 2.0? Because you had to do what you do as a Democrat. Lie to the American people. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on The Answer. And Odyssey. This is an important notice to consumers facing $10,000 or more in credit card debt, medical bills, or other unsecured debt. You're not required to pay it all back because there are special programs now in effect that will significantly